I went to jail for hip hop. That's something I heard Uncle Luke say online. You know Uncle Luke. Luther Campbell of Two Live Crew. Why is that Uncle Luke? Yeah, that statement is fascinating. So I did some digging, some research. So I'm about to bring it to y'all. What I found out about Uncle Luke and the Two Live Crew. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean the fascinating story you know we talking about two live crew and luke campbell they end up becoming the light unlikely faces of freedom of speech and copyright infringement so i'm gonna get into that i'm solo today i'm your host john hicks let's get into it let's go what up though music lovers and welcome back to the music book podcast like I said in the intro, I'm going to talk about Luther Campbell and the Two Live Crew. So let's get into it. Luther Campbell, born December 22nd, 1960. He was born in Liberty City, Miami. Liberty City is the poor city of Miami. It's about six square miles. I can relate to that. Where I'm from, Inkster, Michigan, is about, I would say like three to four square miles. And... Yeah, I think the uh, and and I think the average income, if I'm if I'm correct, is eighteen thousand dollars. So you can imagine. And also, Liberty City is about nine miles from uh, South Beach. But you know, uh, when Luke was coming up, those kids didn't like to go to South Beach. South Beach, they like to stay in, stay in town. So Luke Luke was a hustler. He did a few things: uh, swept hair. Did a paper route. He even um, he even rented out a video game. So he had the hustler spirit. So when he got older, got into the he started selling weed, and he started DJing. So the DJing is what uh will be known him for. You know that's what his claim to fame out there in Liberty City. He came up with the money, bought him a uh, club called the Pack Jam, and you know looked it up and sold a lot of uh. Hip hop royalty was hitting that hitting that spot up. Trina, Ricky Ross, you know JT Money, Trick Daddy, they used to hit that spot up, and you know it's a teen club that was hot uh, back in the mid early '80s. Um, capacity was about 300 people, and but uh, Luke used a he 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 was a, he would pack that mug about 600 people, so you can just imagine all the heat. And it was just, you know, and then so compared all that, because you got to hear the music. You got all the people in this live. You got to have the music. So, hey, we got to have that bass. So Luke, put the, you know, he had all the speakers, had that bass going on. They said the bass was so deep. You could just feel it in your, you know, in your chest. You ever been to a club where the bass is just that deep? You could just feel it in your body. And so like, it was one of those deals. And they would talk about the uh uh, the dress, you know, the, the girls when it was into tennis skirts back then. The dudes was wearing uh, beaded jackets, and uh, that was their thing. So it was the Pack Jam, and uh, one of the staple songs of the Pack Jam was uh, Herman Kelly's uh, "Dance to the Drummer's Beat." So when that came on, they had a dance to it. You know, throw that D, throw that D was that dance. So when you hear that, it was on it, popping. Dun, 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 dun. So yeah, you know, throw that deal was a squad and a thrust and forward. You know, uh, and think about this. We're talking about a teen club, and on Fridays, they would close about 3 a.m. Hmm. And on Saturdays, 4 a.m. 
to me that sound like number trouble you know because the club i went to and it was that it was dope it was live i got out of there about one o'clock you know and then hit the spot hit probably hit up uh you know hit up taco bell or white castle that was those are joints especially white castle white castle was that spot so i can imagine but yeah and so uh you know luke skywalker was his his moniker that was his dj name and and just like a lot of local DJs, they would go and get the spots and go crank digging, and they would get up, uh, get the music was uh, on the latest, uh, latest music from what was coming out that week. And so D, uh, DJ Luke Luke Skywalker came across a song called uh, uh, Beatbox, and Beatbox had um, had a, a line called uh, had had a line about Luke Skywalker in there. Like school, like like Luke Skywalker had the force, and he heard that he was he went bananas like oh man, so he dug it, and this group was called the uh, Two Live Crew. They were from, they were from California, and they both, uh, Mister Mix and uh, Fresh Kid Ice. You know those two were the original members of Two Live Crew, and he had uh he heard that he invited them out. Yeah, Fresh Kid Ice's real name is Christopher Wong Wan, and uh, DJ Mr. Mix, his name is his real name is D, uh, David Hobbs. So yeah, they were uh, they were in the air they were in the Air Force Base back in California, and uh, Mr. Mix was uh, into DJing and stuff like that, and and Fresh Kid Ice was a rapper, so that's how they hooked up, and um, they got some money together and made a demo, so that's how that. And they put that put that record out, and actually that song, even though it's called beat, they called it beatbox because beatbox is is uh constantly said in the song. The song actually titled is uh it's got to be fresh. So yeah, so even though they were inexperienced, Luke went on, he went on, flew them out there and paid them two hundred dollars. And uh, I'll check that. I went through the inflation calculator, and two hundred dollars now will be uh, will be the equivalent of uh, five hundred and forty-three dollars. So, yep, went down there, did the thing, and uh, so eventually uh, Luke invited them back. So they went back there, and that's when um, they saw the uh, throw the D craze, and. Um, they thought it was this. They didn't see anything like that in their life. They thought they thought they, uh, that everybody was in there just crazy. They started doing a throw that dance, D, uh, dan- uh, throw that D dance, and uh, so on the way back, Fresh Kid, uh, Fresh Kid Ice thought about. He thought about something. He's like, huh? So he saw he saw the culture in Miami and how they got down, how they got down and how sexually charged they were. So he figured he'd make some lyrics, come down with some lyrics, and uh, you know he went down and penned some of the, some of the nasty lyrics ever. And damn, there you go, there was history. And you know, and then they used the sample too. So when they came back, the Pack Jam had not only did they have a dance, but they had a song. They had a song to it. So anytime, man, when that came on. Yeah, it was time for Luke and the, uh, Luke two uh, two live crew to blow up. Let's talk about Miami bass for a little bit. I mean, all this couldn't be possible without that Miami bass. So, and I don't think Mister Mix uh, DJ Mister Mix get enough credit. 
because it was his DJing, his music, and his 808 uh, drum beat, the Rolling 808. It was him. That was his sound. And uh, he, he was innovator. He was innovator. He don't get enough credit. And uh, Mr. Mix, hey, you getting your flowers on this one but today, boy, because uh, you did your thing. And we always, I mean, people talking about Luke the Campbell, Luke this and that. He was the mind, you know, he was the manager and all of that. But it was your sound. It was your music. It was your beats. It was your, all of that. You know, and if you don't know what the 808 is, think about some of the, some of uh, the beats that, music that came with the 808. Sexual Healing is one of those songs. Uh, going back to Cali by LL Cool J, use the 808. Of course, uh, Soul Sonic Force. And um, Paul Revere is another song by the Beastie Boys. So, yeah, you, you got a, a, oh, yeah, a Nucleus Jam on it was another another hip-hop classic that used the 808. So, and, I mean, I want to give Mr. Mix his his flowers. And um, because Miami bass, think about it. Miami bass is probably a, it's, it's, it's a combination of the tempo of like 120, 130 beats per minute. You know, you got that 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 bass kick, the, you know, the cowbells, you know, you gotta have that that cowbells, you know, that's that's infamous with the uh with the uh south sound. Uh and uh you got the high hat the high hats, snap and snare, and of course that deep knocking hard bass. And uh throw that D was the first Miami bass song. And, you know, think about it. The architects of the Miami Bay song weren't even from Florida. It was from Cali. And that's, again, Mr. Mix, you know. And um, he also innovated, too, because he, uh, he was into the listen to uh, messing around with sound bites, like X-rated sound bites from Red Fox, LaWanda Page, Leroy Skillet, and uh, Richard Pryor. Don't like the name others. You know, those were famous. And, uh, and uh two live crew um music and it makes it funny and, and it made it, it stand out it stood out big time because I, I grew up on the richard Pryor record so when i used to hear those sound bites they used to crack me up but yeah oh man so yeah luke, luke skywalker was the first rap label in the south and um <laughs> like i said uh, luke went from selling weed to selling vinyl so yeah i'm gonna talk about uh let me get into their first album. Uh, Two Live is who we are. Oh man, love that album. That album was was my jam. It was um, it was <laughs> It was funny too, cause uh, that album was introduced to me uh through my cousin, who today is a pastor. But yeah, you know, I I was one of those cats that uh got their driver's license late. So my cousin was driving before me. He would come through with the car and um you know he he we would always put each other on some music and he came through with the two live crew he was like man cuz check this out and uh i just remember uh throw that d uh stood out and of course we want some p all right come on man so yeah i'm, I'm gonna listen to uh, uh two live is what we are we want some p check it out y'all get it girl throw the d cut it up beatbox which you know they put it on the album and it's a remix and Mr. Mix is on the mix. And you and I look at this look at these uh songs and there was a mixture. It wasn't like all the songs were dirty. You know, uh Check It Out Y'all was uh was freestyling and um 
brother Marquise. Uh, I gotta, I gotta mention brother Marquise. Uh, he was, he was brought into the group after they got to Miami and started to, uh, you know, they started to, uh, 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 Mr. Mix thought it would be a good idea to have a third person, like a two MC. And so, yeah, and he came into the group. They were, they became friendly in California and, uh, Mr. Mix told Marquise if we get on, he could bring him on, and, and that's what he did. So yeah, you know, and some of these songs were just was hip hop, you know. They was uh had that real heavy New York influence, like a lot of music back in that day. But yeah, those guys was uh they were straight hip hop. But we want some P without code. Uh, take it out, y'all. Was, was one of my favorites. Get it, girl. Was was part of my favorite on there. It was. It was nasty, and also it was you could dance. It was that part of that one thirty beats per minute, and um, yeah, get it, girl. Throw the D was cool, but yeah, and um, yep. And let's see, let's go to. I'm gonna talk about the other one. This one right here was a mind was a mind buster right here. <laughs> I mean, the album cover of Move Something. <laughs> I mean. You got you got the fellas in the jacuzzi, and you got this this uh, voluptuous big butt, and this woman in uh in a red of all colors, and she got high heels, like silver high heels and red bikini, and all you just see is butt, and you see them dude just looking up at her, just yeah. But this right here album right here, oh uh, man, actually this one I rocked this one as well. I I really like this album. Hey, my mom bought me this. My mom bought me this album. She bought me two albums. She bought me this one, and she bought me uh, the NWA, uh, the one with Dope Man on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember popping these boys in, and my mom actually listened to it. I couldn't imagine it just like, and she sat there and listened through this crap. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Move something had introduction, drop the bomb, move something, ghetto bass number two, with your bad self, uh, PAN, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, look it up, PAN, <laughs> HBC, okay, head, uh, cranium, backside, and, and penis, <laughs> uh, SM, I used to like SM, uh, word, word second. Feel all right, y'all. I used to like that song, and that was another one of those hit one on one. I used to like that song, it was nasty, mega mix. So, yeah, this also, this album too, was a mixture of had some song, uh, nasty songs, and also it had some clean songs, or not clean songs, but straight hip hop. They were trying to show, you know, they had skill, and I, I, I would, uh, I think, I think Brother Marquis was pretty good. My part. Marquis pretty good. I really I need to go look through their uh the line of notes to see what Fresh Kid Ice actually wrote. But I know like their hits. Marquise was behind those. Brother Marquise and this and I said, you know, DJ Mr. Mix, he did his thing. He don't get enough credit. Yeah, and um and then uh then came the one he, you know, every every album, you know, Lucas City was trying to top the next one. And that's when they just got just straight nasty. 19, <laughs> 1989's as nasty as they want to be. And I mean, that's when he just like, man, this is what we do. We about to plant our flag on this. 
we the nastiest group in hip hop. And man, nasty and gross. And um, that's what he did. And uh, this album came out when I was in college. I remember that. Um, I used to love it. Uh, of course, we all know me so horny. Uh, Come on, babe was 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 another one of those hits on there. Uh, the F Shop was one. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just this was just really nasty. Yeah, they had. I think I think this one became when it was more dirty songs than it was just straight hip hop song. And so, sure enough, Me So Honey blows up. And I remember that song um, when I was in college to dance. We used to, uh, we do like we used to get a line and um, kick twice to the left, hop, kick lo- kick twice to the right, hop, grind, grind, kick, kick, hop, kick, kick, hop, grind, grind. That was uh that was a dance move we do around the uh, gymnasium when I was in college. I went to Ground State for a year, y'all. But yeah, that was man. Yep. Uh, t- uh, me, me so horny take me right back to that spot. So then you get that, you get, you get, you get, uh, you get a lot of uh, attention. So he's using Luke Skywalker records. Mm, we all know Luke Skywalker's from Star Wars, so you know who came at him. George, Lu- George Lucas came at him and slapped a three hundred million uh, federal uh, million a uh, federal lawsuit. You know, uh, charging allegations of uh, trademarking trademark infringement and unfair competition and so they went out of court and uh, went to court and luke settled out for three hundred thousand dollars and he gave up luke skywalker name uh luke skywalker's no, uh, name and he just went with luke so yeah went from luke skywalker records to luke records and so then with the, with the growing of luke records he you know he had uh he had signed poison clan mc shy d uh, H Town, uh, we know Knocking Boots. Knocking Boots was that uh slow, that '90s grinding slow jam classic. And then Shake What Your Mama Gave You. Come on, man. Come on, what? Shake What Your Mama Gave You, man. Man, you can, man. You put that on, you you just, you know, you about to get sweaty. So yeah, you know that that was all Luke Luke Records, you know. And with the good come the bad. So Luke got attention to that. So he also got attention of uh, this guy named, uh, his name was Bob DeMoss. And Bob DeMoss worked for a nonprofit conservative Christian organization called the Focus on the Family. And DeMoss, his his, uh, his sector was uh, the children and children and culture. So, you know, when it came to that, he would get into entertainment. He would look at music, entertainment, and he would see if it was influenced by, you know, com- you know, if it was formed by comedy, the occult, suicide, explicit uh, sex, and violence. So, you know what? Two Live Crew probably fell on a few of those. I think Two Live Crew fell under comedy, violence, and graphic sex. So, he purchased that uh, Nasty's Wannabe and he transcribed it. Yeah. Hey, man, we got it. I mean, their lyrics, man. I mean, their lyrics was, was, was really graphic, but... I found a comedy too, so I'm about to read some lyrics from "We Want Some Peace." <laughs> hey, we want some peace. He said, 
You see me and my homies like to play this game. We call it Amtrak, some call it a train. We all line up in a single file line and take our turn at waxing girls behind. I mean, come on, man. I mean, like, would you would you want your kids hearing that? Or I mean, like your wife? Or even what about your mom? <laughs> I don't even want my mind. Oh man, and I and I was just being nice, but yeah, and so so those lyrics circulate. They got circulated, and they got got in the hands of a no nonsense, no nonsense, no nonsense cop, uh, Nick Navarro. He was uh, he was a, he was a sheriff of Broward County, Florida. And he had a reputation of taking his job very seriously, and um. He then sent some of those co- some of those copies to a, a Broward County court judge, who's uh, read the lyrics and said uh, they were um, they were probably obscene, and that was enough for the, the zealous cop to go out there and just start seizing albums in the store. So he went to the store, started seizing them, and um, yeah. So at that point, no no time in history had that even happened. Now there have been some. Uh, their music has never been labeled obscene. Now there have been protests against music and stuff like that, but never labeled obscene. So, uh, so Luke's lawyer thought it would be a good idea to move to sue the sheriff. You know, just because because of that, because it was never precedent. So he thought he would he would sue the sheriff. So in court, two lives crew music had to pass the uh, Miller versus California 1973 test. It's a three-part test that tests to see if the music is, if it makes you rouse, if it's gross, and if it lacks any serious literary, artistic, political, and scientific value. So presiding over that was that case was uh, Judge Jose Gonzalez, which was born in 1931. So you can imagine. He was very conservative, right? So in June, June 6, 1990, Judge Gonzalez ruled two, uh, two lives crew's music be obscene, and that it appealed to the genitals and not the brain. So right at that point, music, uh, Luke's music was uh, deemed illegal in Broward County and maybe possibly all over the country. Depends if everybody else follows suit, and that could, you know, that could ultimately ruin their careers. And that was the whole risk of everything. On June 10th, 1990, Luke and the two live crew decided to perform, to perform their music in Broward County against the court order and protest at a, at a private show in a small club. Because Luke had a large bullseye on his back, there was no way uh, he was getting, he was going to perform without the police knowing. So as, as he uh, was leaving the club, he got apprehended. So Nick Navarro and his homies were letting everybody know they was he was letting everybody know it was on and popping. So that mean that anybody purchasing the music or even selling it. So you had you know you had this one uh, store owner testing the uh, system and he got popped right away. So Luke, uh, so Luke, Luther Campbell and the Two Light Crew was back in court again. So in May 1992, the Pill Court said the music had artistic value and it was not obscene. So the Pill Courts uh, reversed Gonzalez's ruling 
that uh, that it was obscene. So the appeal court's base in this base its decision on the fact that the state did not counter arguments that although graphic, the music had artistic value. There were two problems with this case that which make it unusual, diff difficult to review. First, the sheriff's evidence was straight whack. It was a recording of the two live crew performance on 19 uh, on June 10th, 1990 by some undercover cops who had a recorder and placed it right by the speaker. So, you know, it was a lot of distortion. So they had they took that evidence into court and the jury could not understand what was going on. And so but what what the cops would do the prosecution would do would have cops they would have the cops recite lyrics and 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 so them by them doing that and they were also would have some policemen uh uh doing the dances that they saw inside and so it was just hilarious it was so it was so funny to the point where the uh one of the jury the jury had to ask could what did they have permission to laugh and so that's when um the prosecution saw that their their uh, case was just unraveling, so unraveling. So it just it just uh, it just was bad, and and so yeah, and so then after that, that's when uh, they won that case, and so they also went uh, had to go to the copyright case. Uh, Roy Orbison's uh, camp sued Two Live Crew because they had. Uh, they did a, a parody of the song, and so they sued them, but the court viewed Campbell's work as parody. And it was fair use instead. It wasn't, instead of being copyright infringement. So, you know, after all those cases, Two Like Crew broke up, been in the USA album, apparently, apparently, apparently they all just did get along when that was out. Uh, you uh, you go online, you can find Brother Marquis. He's, he's very vocal how he felt about how Luke did the group. Um, I don't think he's cool with anybody. He was in the group because he knew Mr. Mr. Mix. And uh, we all know that Fresh Kid Ice died in 2017. And so Luke, you know, Luke, uh, after that, the group broke up. He just went into some other stuff. Uh, he got sued again. He got sued by MC Shady. Uh, Shady sued him for 100 sued him and he won 106 million six point million in royalties and so luke records went bankrupt and so he would try to do things to keep it going like luke's peep show he did a couple of solo songs but that was probably the end of that and then there was some other things online that i probably went i'm not going to talk on there on here about but you know it was some things that women came forth on him about and uh never came about it but uh there were a few people that you know harassment and some some other just nasty stuff so but there you have it y'all two live crew and so yeah i mean I, I mean everything all the graphic music that we hear now all that i mean and uh and the sexualizing man we can send it all the way back to two live crew i mean they had they put their stamp on it on top of that they came to the unlikely champions for free speech and copyright infringement. So, man, I just thought that I would share that with y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed that. Hope that was informative with y'all. But yeah, I'll see y'all on the next go round. And um, hey, remember, keep those classics current. Peace. <laughs>